Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the hosts. They are the ones in the captain's chair, and they are at the wheel, so they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. It is a beautiful Saturday, February 4th, 2023. Hope everybody's having a great weekend thus far, and uh, we are joined here at His Hard Line for episode 434. And we're going to be doing a reading of Isaiah 64. And then after 64, we got two more after this before we conclude the whole book of Isaiah. And then we will move on to something in the, you know, the New Testament. Um, so let's get right into the reading, shall we? So today I am going to be reading again out of the New American Standard Bible, or excuse me, the New American Bible Revised Edition. Because like I said, I bounce back and forth between that and the NASB. Um, you know, maybe once in a while I might maybe, you know, get a wild hair and dip into the King James version or something like that, you know, go a little old school, but anyway, so this is a fairly short chapter. Yeah. About 11 verses here. It's about 11 verses. So it begins by reading as when brushwood is set ablaze of, or fire makes the water boil then your name would be made known to your enemies and the nations would tremble before you. While you worked awesome deeds we could not hope for, such as had not been heard of from of old. No ear has ever heard, no eye has ever seen any God but you working such deeds for those who wait for him. Would that you might meet us doing right? that we might be mindful of you in our ways. Indeed, you are angry. We have sinned and we have acted wickedly. We have all become like something unclean. All our just deeds are like polluted rags. We have all withered like leaves and our crimes carry us away like the wind. There are none who call upon your name, none who rouse themselves to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us up to our crimes. Yet, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are the work of your hand. Do not be so very angry, Lord. Do not remember our crimes forever. Look upon us. Who are all your people? Your holy cities have become a wilderness. Zion has become wilderness. Jerusalem desolate. Excuse me. Jerusalem desolation. Our holy and glorious house, in which our ancestors praised you, has been burned with fire. All that was dear to us is laid waste. Can you hold back, Lord, after all of this? Can you remain silent and afflict us so severely? That is the reading of Isaiah 64. So, what kind of lessons are we able to gather from this text? So since the beginning of the world, God has prepared a blessing for man. He made a beautiful garden where Adam and Eve could have lived forever. And he never intended for them to be cast out. He had no desire to see sin enter his creation. Now in John's gospel, Jesus tells his disciples that he is preparing them a place in heaven. And God is building a new home, a new garden of Eden, as it were, where man can once again live in harmony with him. Now, if Adam and Eve had 
not sin. There, there's no telling how wonderful and a joyous, you know, that their lives could have been, but you know, they, they could have received all the blessings of God without ever having to endure, endure, you know, such suffering and affliction and oppression. They could have been untouched by sin. They never had to experience the pain and destruction it causes. But in light of their rebellion, you know, God began preparing a place for the redeemed man, a new home from even the temptation of sin. Now, what will it be like to be completely free from sin? I mean, I can't even, I'll be honest. I, 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 well, let me, I'm doing my best to get rid of that phrase. I was just talking to my wife about that, but I'll be clear. I, I can't even conceive what a world would be like completely free from sin and evil and tyrants and oppression. I, I couldn't even conceive that thought. It sounds wonderful. And that's understating it because I don't know any better word to describe that. You know, you would have no devil causing problems. No devil or Satan and his minions getting in the middle of marriages, trying to break up families. You'd have no sickness. You'd have a no emotional pain, right? Our lives are so ingrained with the reality of these troubles that we cannot even imagine a life free from all these struggles. Like we're almost immune to it. Like it affects us, but yet on some of the weirdest, craziest ways, like it, it we're like immune to them, Right. It's kind of crazy. And yet such is exactly what God has promised and more. And so as the next chapter will reveal, which we'll get into tomorrow, you know, God has a wonderful plan and a purpose for a new way of life for all those who are willing to wait for him. But we got to remember it's all in God's timing, not in ours. So as we break this down verse by verse, as we look at verses one and two, now, these two verses, it refers to when God gave the Ten Commandments to Israel from Mount Sinai. And the description Moses and Isaiah provide is similar to a scene of an erupting volcano. And God's presence is so powerful that it causes the mountains to melt, water to boil, and the nations to tremble. And But although God's presence is frightening, the believer yearns to behold the Almighty Creator. Amen. And Moses did not ask God for the Ten Commandments. The Jews did not ask God for the covenant of the law. And as we continue to look at verses 3 and 4, they did not ask God to build a dwelling place in their midst and to be with them as a cloud of glory by day and a pillow fire by night. But to wait on the Lord is to have faith that God will do what he says he will do, even when one cannot see any evidence that God is working. Now, God promises to provide a special blessing for those faithful ones. The ultimate blessing, eternal life with him, is too wondrous for the human mind to comprehend. Now, even John, who saw the new creation in a vision, has seen all that God has prepared for the believer. And so, as we kind of venture into verses 5 and 6, in righteousness is life, those who abide in it will continue forever and be saved from the wrath of God. Now, however, Isaiah says that the Jews are withering because of wickedness, and even what righteousness they have is like a filthy rag. Sin deteriorates. 
And with verse 7, because of their sin, God has removed himself. And not only has God hid himself, but the people are not even seeking him. They're not even looking for him. And this definitely refers to the nation as a whole because Isaiah is seeking God and, and, and God has revealed himself to the prophet. But what about everyone else, you know? Well, it's because they haven't been, they're not looking for him. They're not seeking him. Now, as we look at verses 8 and 9, repeating his plea from chapter 63, Isaiah submits himself and the nation and his nation to God's care based on the covenant with God that he is their father. The clay is reminiscent of the creation of man where when God formed Adam from the dust of the ground. And God established Israel as a nation, and Isaiah pleads with God to have mercy on them because, you know, they are under his authority. Isaiah knows that God does not delight in the suffering of his people. He knows that. Isaiah also does not belittle Israel's sins because he knows that the nation is guilty. But nonetheless, he pleads to God for mercy to withhold his warranted anger against the people. And in essence, you know, Isaiah is saying, please do not destroy your own. And then as we look at the last couple verses, few verses, not couple, like few verses, 10, 11, and 12, Isaiah finally states that the reason for his prayer for mercy, Israel has been deported and the places built to honor God have been defiled. And Isaiah is writing about 100 years prior to the deport, deportation. So he is seeing this desolation in a prophetic vision. The northern kingdom has been exiled by Assyria, but the temple in Jerusalem is not destroyed until 587 B.C. And Isaiah sees in a vision how the Babylonians will burn Jerusalem, and so he turns to God for mercy, and God answers Isaiah's questions about 80 years after Isaiah's death through the prophet Jeremiah. God will afflict Israel for 70 years, then restore them, to their lands. And that's referenced in Jeremiah 25, 12. So that is, again, the reading of Isaiah chapter 64 and then a little short commentary. Just so you guys know, in case you ever want to check out where I get some of this commentary, because, and, and maybe, maybe con, you know, consider contributing and, and donating um, to this ministry. So there's two of them that I like to reference a lot. There's um, BibleRef.com, which I haven't used in quite some time. Um, and then, but what I have been using as of late is there's a website and a ministry called MelissaBeatty.com. That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-B-E-A-T-Y.com. And she's got wonderful devotions over there. Great, you know, she does good writing, has great articles and just, just really good. She does like Sunday school and Bible study stuff, has curriculum, youth curriculum and activities. Um, I guess, uh, let's see what else is here. Um, there's sermons, you know, and then there's a blog. Very good information. Check it out. I, I really absolutely enjoy this. Um, hopefully they don't mind me borrowing some of this material, but that's why I try to reference it in my show notes. So there's a link to every 
anytime I do commentary, I always make sure I put a link in the show notes so you guys can go exactly to see where I'm getting some of this stuff. Because, you know, I believe that if you're going to use or read something, you need to put the reference in the show notes because I'm not going to sit here and pretend and claim that it's mine. Now, I do add some of my own ad-libbing and, and my own commentary in the mix of all that, but the bulk of it, you know, the foundation, if you will, you know, I always like to make sure I source the material in my show notes. So yeah, melissabeattie.com, a really good website, really good resource. I really enjoy what they have over there. Um, but anyway, so that is the, uh, the reading and the next, we're going to come back on the other side and we're going to talk a little bit about spiritual dryness because I, you know, I feel like this is a little bit appropriate, um, considering what a lot of people are going through. It seems like sometimes they feel like, well, kind of like what we read here, that sometimes it seems like God is kind of hiding himself from us, right? Hiding himself from our lives. But is he really though? You know, is he really, um, you know, we need to look at our own lives a little closer and just kind of really assess it a little bit more carefully. So we're going to get more into that here on the other side, but we're going to close this out with a prayer and then we'll close this out. And then we will come back on the other side within about eh, two minutes. All right. So heavenly father, thank you as always for this day. And I want to say, um, we really appreciate all that you do for us. Thank you for this equipment here so we can broadcast the way we do. It makes life a lot easier. It makes broadcasting so much smoother and less uh, chaotic and hectic with, you know, it just, it, it really tamps down the disruptions and distractions and the hurdles that we've been dealing with on Podbean. So it just seems like that this has been a blessing and we thank you for that. And so Father, we just ask that you um, guide everybody here at this channel um, in the way that you need them to, I pray that all of their paths are in sync with your divine will. And, uh, we just ask that you just continuously guide us how you see fit. Uh, we have a very, very chaotic world out there, but we know that you're the one that is keeping calm in our own personal lives. So we just pray that you just continue to be that calm during the storm that we're seeing swirl around us. And, uh, all I can say is we pray all of this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So that is all I have for episode 434 with the Bible reading. We will come back on the other side of this within about two or three minutes. I just got to pull up a couple things on my computer and we will be right back. God bless, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll see you on the other side. All right.